0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spest. Hello. What's happening, Derek?
1: I'm uh, just enjoying my time with the kids and uh, you know all that stuff. I actually was thinking about getting out in the kayak today, but uh, just one thing led to there and I couldn't get out. But uh, yeah, it's uh,
0: it's fun times. It definitely is. Uh, lot yeah, lots of uh, things going on about getting out in kayaks and stuff like that right now. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. are, are not happy with people saying they're going to go out and I don't know, man, it's people are going stir crazy already. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, but you know, if, if I go out in a kayak all my, all by myself, I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just going to have some fun.
0: Yeah. and That's even people are, are arguing that point saying, yeah, once you're out there, but it's getting there and, it's the, you you're risking, yeah,
1: you're risking somebody having to do emergency measures to rescue you and yada, yada, yada.
0: Yep, Yeah. It's going to be a contentious issue up until this yes. is done. Yes, uh, exactly. But let's not harp on that this week. Nope. Uh, some good news coming out this week. Uh, Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, which was cancelled, is switching to an online version on April 18th at 7 p.m.,
1: that's pretty amazing. I was excited when David Baden was telling me about
0: that. He, yeah. Uh, there's a lot it, of, um, th- a lot of, uh, shows and, and stuff like that are doing that sort of thing now. Even, even, uh, music like concerts and stuff people are doing.
1: Yeah. They're doing it. They're doing online concerts and it, it's, it's, I think it's fantastic it's uh people do need the interaction people do need the entertainment and so i think it's pretty amazing that you know these people are doing these online concerts and online shows and for the uh backcountry canoe symposium for them to go to a uh, online format it's just delayed 2 weeks but uh i i'm i'm pretty excited about it
0: yeah definitely and my son was supposed to go to some music Big, these big EDM festivals. And there was one that was cancelled, so they had taken their music set, and if you don't know the game Mind, Minecraft, they designed a whole theater theme thing based on Minecraft on the computer and did the concert, a virtual concert, using Minecraft characters and the Minecraft world and, and all that sort of thing. And uh, wow. I walk upstairs, he's, he's watching it, um, I guess through YouTube or something like that. He's watching it live. And on the side, it's showing all the names of people that are attending this concert. And oh, the, the, wow. the names are just streaming by. <laughs> and you got to think these concerts, when you see them live, they're, they're, there's there's like thousands of people going to these things. yeah, And all these people are tuned in in their houses watching this big EDM concert um, with Minecraft characters in a Minecraft virtual world. So yeah, it's pretty cool and then yeah, then we hear that the Backcountry Canoe Symposium is switching to an online version. I I don't really know exactly how they're gonna do it. I gotta think it's gonna be here's this presenter and then here's it this might one. have
1: to be pre staged and pre recorded yeah. just to make it work smoothly.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's probably mm-hmm. uh what what'll have to happen.
1: Yeah, Siobhan was telling me today that she uh now she's been doing this all week. And uh, it's it's like exercise with Joe or something like that. It's an online YouTube streaming thing, and he goes through he goes through an exercise program, and you you do exercises with him. And this dude, he uh, he he does it live, live streaming, mm-hmm. just like uh, just like Leanne Hennessy does with her yoga. Yeah. And uh, so he he's getting like half a million live streaming viewers on YouTube for his exercise program. Bores. Like people are bores. Like sh- <laughs> but it, it's, it's amazing to see people coming together and in, in such unique ways to, uh, you know, like you're kind of, everybody's a shut in now. Right. So it's, yeah. it's really neat to, to see that, the exercise with
0: Joe thing. Well, it's, it's definitely a lot of people spend so much time going to the gym and stuff like that and they've got to do it somehow. Yes. And if yeah, they can get absolutely. in there and you know, get some sort of workout. I mean, Tracy does that here now. She's got uh, the Good Life um, app, uh, has different routines that you can go through in the house using those stretch stretchy elastic band things. And, you know, so she can get her workout that she'd get at the gym, but in a different way down in the basement sort of thing. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so that that's really coming around, doing doing all the stuff virtual, so... Uh, Like I say, when I heard that that they're going to switch to the virtual online version, that's awesome. Because as as I said on our our Facebook page there, uh, you can take the outdoors folks from the outdoors, but you can't take the outdoors from the outdoor folks. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) I know I hurt my brain thinking of that one. So, yeah. So April 18th at 7 p.m., Uh, There will be more details, I'm sure, that'll come out. And uh, I don't know if there'll be an event um, thing you can click on on um, Facebook or on the the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium Facebook page or or what have you. But, yeah, if we find out details, we'll post them. And if you find out uh, details, uh, share them around because everybody will want to take a peek at this thing.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to be there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Maybe have a watch party.
1: I know, right? That'd be so cool. And I don't have to, I don't have to book a hotel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe Siobhan will make you pay for the hotel room that night.
1: Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: you, you want to stay at this house, mister? You're paying tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's another story. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are there. I'm actually in the studio and I'm looking at nobody again this week. Derek, you're at your house. Yeah, we're doing that social distancing by what about thirty kilometers?
1: Uh, thirty-seven. Is it thirty-seven or something? Yeah, it's yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, stay away, buddy. Stay away. <laughs> uh, we're so yeah, so we're we're doing that, and we're having issues. We're trying to get uh, three of us on Skype and Zoom and and whatnot, and the I don't know, the internet just doesn't want to handle it, and the 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 sound comes out garbled and there's just so much to get to sound half listenable well Uh, even
1: on the best of days zoom and skype are questionable for for the audio quality mm -hmm. and now that you've got millions of people around the world you know overloading the uh the internets it's uh the quality is degraded even more than it normally is right yeah so
0: it it is what it is yeah so we're we're Got a few other things we're trying out, and hopefully next week we'll have John Van Berger uh, back in the crowd with us here. Uh, he's looking at, we're looking to have him on more often, that's for sure. Um, but he was, I was ch- chatting with him today, and our little buddies are out. Oh, yes. The ticks yes. are out. Mm-hmm. And funny, John told me that today, and I was on Facebook and... Ooh, somebody on one of the on one of the pages had mentioned that the the ticks are out as well. So yeah, up here in Canada and down in the states the ticks are out. Dun, dun, dun. And see, it's,
1: it's not, it's not improving either. It's like it's the the problem currently with the ticks is the mild winters. Yeah. And we have been having very mild winters. Like, I didn't have to shovel my driveway this year, right? I really? think maybe once. Yeah, it's just like, it, it, there's once uh, it snowed and I just drove over the snow. It's like, screw it. And uh, another time, where I actually said, "You know what? I feel like going shoveling snow. Like I've done my sidewalks, but I haven't done my driveway. You have to do the sidewalks. The municipality be charging,
0: right?" So, you felt anyways, like shoveling your snow. It's 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 a it's a good exercise. It's it's fun.
1: You get out and outside and do stuff, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's because of the mild winters, and and we're getting the as winters are more and more mild. What used to kill off a large percentage of the tick population every winter is you'd get 30 below for a couple weeks and and it would do a large kill off. But we're not getting that anymore. So you have more and more ticks surviving season to season. and so it's helping them spread and they' because it's getting milder, the tick population are moving north. So there's more and more chance of, of uh, Lyme disease and and so on, you know all of the Rocky Mountain, spotted fever and various other forms of stuff that's transferred by ticks. Mm-hmm. And so it's it is it is getting worse as the uh, as the climate warms up and we have milder winters. It's just it's just a fact. of Life and and what you have to do now is you have to arm yourself with uh, education. You have to learn the proper ways to protect yourself from from uh, tick bites you have to know that when you go out in the woods you have to know to look for the ticks uh, that catch them right away so that they don't latch on and 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 uh, transfer any diseases to you so it's uh, it's one of those things and maybe Lyme disease is not high on the totem pole currently but uh, it's something that you have to consider that uh, when you do get out into the back country and, and do the things that you enjoy doing the last thing you want to do is end up with Lyme disease and it's
0: uh, from many descriptions that I've read, it's uh, it's not very nice. Yeah. You know, I, I start thinking, like, if only ticks were bigger that you could see them. But then i right. are thinking, if they're
1: bigger. You might lose a finger. You might.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I want the ticks to be as big as a rat. That's yeah. why I know I can see them coming. I see
0: them coming, <laughs> but when they're burrowing in your leg, they're not burrowing in your leg. They're burying <laughs> through it. Right? <laughs> they are walking away with your leg from below the knee. <laughs> hey, what happened to your hand? Ah, tick. Yeah, we had a tick bite. He bit, bit, it off at the wrist.
1: Yes. Yeah. So,
0: careful what you wish for. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you, you got to keep an eye out for the ticks. Now they're they're out there. Yes. So. And this time of year, there's two times of year, spring, early spring, and late fall, where we start seeing on the news, a paddler was rescued.
1: Yes. Unfortunately, people do it to themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: know what? It's it's not necessarily that it's early spring or late fall. It's It's the idiocy of the individuals who take it upon themselves to... Say, hey, I'm going to go paddling regardless of my current condition.
0: Well, the things we always hear. Number one, always wear your life jacket. There you go. Number two, cold water kills.
1: Absolutely.
0: Number three, don't drink and paddle. <laughs> right? Those are the three, yes. three biggies. Right? Yeah.
1: And you know what? I've never done it.
0: It's it's yeah, it's so not a very smart thing to do. So a kayaker paddling in the Bay of Quinty was pulled from the icy waters this past weekend by the Quinty West Fire and Rescue. They located this man clinging to his kayak while floating in the water after a number of 911 calls reported it. They get there as well as the Hastings Quinty paramedic services. So we've got cops, we've got fire, we got rescue, we got the paramedics all there for this and one guy. And a hovercraft? Yes. I was excited about that. He's taken he was shaken but alive and was pulled from the water to a waiting ambulance and a hovercraft was dispatched to the scene as well. So picture now, fire trucks, cop cars, ambulances, hovercrafts, all out there because it's cold water season and they're going out there and they find this guy who's in the water clinging to his kayak. He did have a life jacket aboard his kayak. But he wasn't wearing it. But he wasn't wearing it. (laughs) Cold water, no life jacket. (laughs) It is not clear why he could not climb back into the kayak. Paramedics treated the man who was stable en route to Trenton Memorial Hospital There was some difficulty identifying the man at first, but authorities given by authorities given there was a language barrier, and a tentative a relative came to the scene and spoke on his behalf. And then it was, I guess, realized why he couldn't climb back into his kayak. A 38 year old Quebec man has been charged with operating a vehicle, the kayak, while impaired. Having a blood alcohol concentration above 80 milligrams. Dude was hammered. Yes. Dude had no life jacket on. And he was paddling in icy waters.
1: Awesome. So that's that's total Darwin, eh? It's like, hey, how many ways can I injure myself today? Ah, I think I'll go out in really cold water. I will drink and I won't wear a life jacket. And
0: uh, I will be clumsy about it and tip over. Yeah. All the
1: T boxes are ticked.
0: He succeeded. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Police investigation led to the arrest of the kayak operator. No kidding. Police noted that operating canoes and kayaks while impaired is against the law, and the consequences are equal to that of operating a motor vehicle while impaired, which I believe, first offense, is 90 days losing your license.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know the details. Yeah, so he should lose his car license for 90 days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Being in a kayak, he's not like it's not like he's driving down the road. But, no, but
1: they they have changed the rules. Yeah,
0: however, clarified,
1: cleared up the rules.
0: Let's put it this way: if he made it back to his vehicle, and put uh-huh. the kayak on top of his vehicle, right. warmed up, and then decided to drive home, he still was drunk. Yep. Right. You got to figure. And there you go. He's so then all of a sudden he's now driving down the road with a blood alcohol concentration above what it should be. Yes. Great way to start the spring. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. He's lucky he survived. He's, he's
1: lucky that people were there to, to protect him from himself.
0: Oh, damn! if, if there was nobody there, if he's paddling somewhere where there was nobody, he was dead. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, that water yeah. is cold still. Ice has just melted. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Wow. Wow. Yeah,
1: and these last few days haven't been that uh haven't been that warm, right? No. Like I went we I took the kids uh out in the backyard today just for just hanging out and playing and it was it was like, hey, I, I, where's my gloves? <laughs>
0: well, so I can't imagine being out in the water. It's supposed to get nicer here over the next few days. Like a minimum of 10, de- 10 degrees Celsius they're saying. Yes. So we've got tulips coming but up in still, our garden already. Still
1: that's cold. It's still cold. The water hasn't warmed up yet. We still haven't had the sunlight, the strength, the sunlight. It's like, it's pretty risky to get out in the kayak right now. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be prepared. Yep. And this dude
0: was not prepared. Not at all. And even if it was warm water, no life
2: jacket? Really? I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because,
0: yeah. you know, there's not enough people online complaining that people don't wear life jackets to, you know... Make you realize, oh, maybe I should wear a life yeah, jacket. Yeah, get the message across. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let this one be the first and only, folks. Uh, no more foolishness. No more going out without life jackets. No more drinking while while paddling. All right. There's enough bohoo going on in 2020 so far. I
1: know, right? Like, how can you make it any worse?
0: Well, I will make it worse, my friend. I'm going to start an argument.
1: <laughs>
0: Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Just because I can stir the pot, I will. I saw an article entitled, Five Types of Paddle Sports. Number one, canoeing. Number two, kayaking. Number three, stand-up paddleboarding. Number four, rafting. Number five, rowing. Rowing's not a paddle sport. It's a yeah, rowing we've sport. Talked
1: about this. We've talked about this in the past.
0: I'm starting so. this argument again.
1: <laughs> Cuz I but, can. Uh, <laughs> you still move the craft with a stick. <laughs> right? <laughs> a
0: stick. <laughs> is that what you use is a stick?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, like I've got my a, canoe and my stick. tube of fish meat.
0: Yes, my it's stick. It's like a tube of fish meat. Yeah. My stick with the flat bottom. <laughs> rowing. so it's
1: i guess a lot of people would argue that no it's not paddling it's rowing you use an oar not a paddle and and stuff like that so that but that's the same thing of uh back in the day when kayakers would like uh you know look down at canoeists and canoeists look down at kayakers Looking and, back in the day
0: I, <laughs> that argument rages to this day <laughs> And don't get the canoeists and kayaker stand started on those stand up paddle boarders. Oh, I know, right?
1: Those guys never wear life jackets.
0: We could fit right? 50 people around a table, and do you know what kind of brouhaha would start if we brought this subject right? up? <laughs> There'd be fizz- Oh, we got to feed them all alcohol first. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to Sean and Derek's first annual Paddling Royal boo ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But see, with me, you know what? Paddles and oars, okay, I'll give you that. They do look the same. But paddling mm-hmm. is, to me, a forward motion. You are moving it in the way you are facing. Whereas a rowboat, you are paddling or rowing in the backwards direction so you're rowing you're not paddling
1: now i have seen articulated oars where you actually they the you when you use them and move them there's a series of levers and and it's a it's sort of a mechanism and what you end up doing is as you row you're actually going in the direction you're facing but it's very complicated mechanism
0: I don't think I've ever seen that. I've seen a motor on a motorboat, and you just, you know, <laughs> you're going the same direction you're facing. I love motorboating. Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, to me, rowing is not paddling.
1: <laughs> I'm a little bit more forgiving. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not.
1: I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shun them and chase them down with pitchforks and
0: and torches and stuff. So. So what you're saying is I should put my pitchfork back in the garage. <laughs> That's what I'm taking from this, Derek. Yes, put down the pitchfork. Leave the poor rowers alone. <laughs> should should I take the lighter out of my pocket for my torch? <laughs> I was all set to go. I'm spending all afternoon waiting.
1: I wonder what rowers think of paddlers.
0: They think they're awesome. <laughs>
1: Rowers look those at paddlers so going,
0: cool. Oh, they're so cool. They I are I want to be one of them. People in rowboats wish they could be rafters. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, I would agree to that.
0: Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're sort of the same shape. But you sit in a you sit on a seat and you paddle forward. Unless you're yes. unless you're one of those big rafts that go like the Grand Canyon and there's a guy who sits in the middle. But he's yes. basically just steering and stuff.
1: He's just keeping it pointed the right yeah. direction.
0: Yeah. So maybe that's like where rowers graduate to. <laughs> there you raft go. Raft steerer guy who then turns into raft paddler guy who then turns into a stand-up paddleboarder and a kayak and a canoeist. Going going up the list from five to one. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> and let the hate mail begin. You can yes, send exactly. it too. Derek. (laughs) (laughs) No, not me. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Can you tell we're going stir crazy now? Um, Speaking of going stir crazy, Uh I've been fiddling around on the internet. I've been searching stuff and researching stuff and reading stuff. And I came across a thing about canoes of Aboriginal Australians. Oh, And I mean, we talk about birch bark canoes and stuff like that here in North America and the bark canoes some Australian Aboriginal people use are similar to the birch bark canoes of North America. But instead of birch, they're using one of the one of the Australian um, Aboriginal groups used bark of the red rubber tree to form their canoes. So this is stuff, you know. This this is the educational portion of the show, folks. So, um, if you're allergic to education, now's the time to switch the channel. Uh, if your Grab kids are book, in the room, line tell up them the fireplace. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and listen in, children. Listen
0: in, children. You're sitting here. You're gonna learn something. Uh, so they made both temporary and long-term vessels using similar construction methods. And the construction started with cutting a single sheet of bark from a tree, which, you know, if you had a big enough birch tree, you could do. But uh, you shape, wish you would, you can't do this part with a birch tree. The red rubber tree, you shape it over fire to make it more pliable. With a birch tree, you just, you know, burn it. Yes. Uh, then by sewing or caulking the ends with mud, canoes were used almost exclusively for transport on fresh water or for fishing in rivers. Now, one of the pictures I saw of this particular red rubber tree form of canoe wasn't very big. It's probably maybe four or five feet long, and the guy was kneeling in it, and it looked like he had two giant, long-handled wooden spoons, and that's. It was like sort of he was like, you know how when you walk with with, with trekking poles? Yeah. It looks like that he was he was leaning over the front of the of the like of the front edge of the canoe one of these spoons on each side. And it was like, that's how he was paddling it. Huh. Kind of weird.
1: It sounds similar to the, uh, what are the craft called? They're like a, it's like a, it's like a big bowl. Coracle. Over in Europe.
0: The coracles? Yeah. The coracles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Over in uh, England there.
1: They paddle sort of similar way, right? They just paddle on the front end of the coracle and they, pull themselves ahead
0: yeah but he has so two spoons yeah yeah kind of kind of neat yeah in new south wales a bark canoe made from a sheet of bark folded and tied to both ends with plant fiber string the bow is folded tightly to a point and the stem uh sorry stern is looser folds so a bit wider at the back than at the front yeah Bark uh, canoes such as these were used for general transport, fishing, and collecting bird's eggs from reed beds. This is the part that I know you like. When fishing in such canoes, women sat and used hooks and lines, then men stood and threw spears. A small fire was kept alight in the canoe on a bed of wet clay or seaweed. This kept people warm in winter it also allowed them to cook the fish they had caught. Could you imagine? Wouldn't that
1: be so interestingly unique to, (laughs) As 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 soon as I saw that, when you sent it to me, it's like, I want a bed of clay in my canoe and I want to have a fire in my canoe as I paddle down a lake.
0: Yeah. But it has to be wet, wet clay. Sure. Yeah. And if it got hot, what is that going to do to the bottom of your canoe? Hot clay. I'm sure it'll be fine. So let's test it out in your canoe. (laughs) <laughs> Keyword being your <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's fine. Sure. You just have to not catch the yoke on
0: fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no mention <laughs> of yokes or anything. Yolks and thwarts yeah, back in no thwarts back in yokes, the old uh 14, yeah. 1500s. <laughs> uh canoes of this type were made from the bark of swamp she oak, bangalay, and stringy bark, which their Latin names all had eucalyptus in them. So okay. I'm, I'm thinking those are all forms or of the family or genus, genus of uh, eucalyptus trees. So that got me clicking articles to this interesting one.
1: <laughs> Did you find
0: the end of the internet today? Did you? I found the end of the internet or pretty close to it. Headhunters canoes from the Solomon <laughs> Islands were very, very well made and very light shaped like a crescent the largest holding about 30 people so i'm wondering if these are headhunters and they usually kill like everybody who yeah. reported this it's good yeah good point mm. like who's who survives to report
1: back and and record this in history somebody paddled really fast
0: like <laughs> like faster than 30 people in a canoe yeah exactly right <laughs> the natives, the natives of these islands, have for many centuries been in the habit of making raids upon neighbor, neighboring islands for the purpose of taking human heads and capturing slaves. The main instrument of these raids was the large war canoe called Tomeko, Tome, Tomeko, Tome, Tome, Tomeko? Tomako tomako Tomako? T-O-M-A-K-O, Tomaco. One well, of isn't the...
1: there a Isn't
0: there a Simpsons
1: episode with the Tomaco? It's like a tobacco tomato plant.
0: I don't know. All I'm trying not <laughs> to say is tomato. Uh, tamako, Tobacco. One of the biggest and most graceful indigenous watercraft of all times. Their speed in rowing is marvelous. This observation was recorded by Alvaro de Medina, a Spanish navigator who visited the Solomon Islands in 1568. So in 1568, apparently Alvaro was faster than the speeding 30 people canoe killed with headhunters <laughs> yeah yep. so i got to think he's using a big spanish galleon with guns the canoes of these islands are constructed with great good sense and finished with much skill they are not formed of a tree of a trunk of a tree made hollow by stone implements or fire see and this is what i'm thinking this is pretty cool because that's what you're thinking right when you're getting these guys are just hollowing out a giant tree yeah and floating it they are made of pieces put together, observed Jean-Francois-Marie de Serville, a French explorer in 1769. He described how the canoe was built of thin planks of timber tied strongly with rattan, to ribs of wood bent in the shape of a boat and serving as its frame. The joints are stopped with a black mastic, which renders these vessels impenetrable to water. What does that huh. sound like? That sounds like a cedar strip canoe.
1: It does, yeah.
0: Right? And the thin planks of timber strongly tied to ribs of wood. And then yeah. the uh the black mastic between the ribs and and the joints.
1: Almost like a canvas over cedar strip. Mm hmm. Or a lap kind of design. And so are they is that, are they edge to edge or that lap straight like a like a Newfoundland uh workboat?
0: Dunno. Uh, oh. The bow and stern of all war canoes are beautifully patterned with an inlay work of Mother of Pearl and a string of porcelain cowries secured all the way to the great prows. On the top of the prow of the war canoes, there is usually a card figure, the commonest being Kisoko, a bird or sea spirit. And that kind of sounds like an old Viking boat to me. Yeah, it does. Hmm. So basically, the headhunters... Back in the day, we're using Viking Caesar Strip canoes. (laughs) And that's what I got from the internet today.
1: (laughs) A Viking Caesar Strip canoe.
0: Oh, I'm so glad my kids aren't homeschooled. (laughs) I know, right? Getting a university. <laughs> so who can tell me what the headhunters used for? Oh yeah, Viking Cedar strip canoes. Yeah, you might want to drop out today. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what I got from the internet. Thank you. You're all entitled to, <laughs> to my knowledge. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's all I got from the internet uh that's quite enough (laughs) that's quite enough for today my friends (laughs) you can google all that it's not like i'm lying (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) right it's just my it's it's just my conclusions are
1: this stuff is real
0: are are yeah not conclusionable yes (laughs) so derek plans for the year what trips you got up up your sleeves this year everything's in flux right now it's uh
1: I had some trips planned and we'll have to see how, uh, how summer pans out, right?
0: Yeah. Um, you know what? I was talking to Kevin Callen today. Yep. And this is one of the things, you know, we, we were talking about was, um, uh, the trips and stuff. So you know what I'm going to do actually? Cause Kevin Callen has a new book coming out. Okay. His, well, it's, it's a newer, newish, newish book. His book, book from back in the day which is apparently the, the the term of the day. Uh Paddler's Guide to Algonquin Park is being updated and they are at he's added 10 new routes. So I chit-chatted and uh, had a little record, recorded recorded little interview with him today. So before we finish off with what we're doing this year, let's listen to what he's talking about about his book and then he's he's got a couple plans plan uh, things planned out this year. And um right. Him and I talked about this as well. So we'll we'll listen to we'll go to commercial. We'll listen to our chit chat with uh, Kevin, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, talk about what our plans for the season are. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll be right back with Kevin Callen right after this. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton.
1: Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
0: Welcome back. Uh, We have with us our friend of the show, Kevin Callan. How are you doing, Kevin? Gobble, gobble, gobble! Gobble, gobble, oh. gobble. gobble. <laughs> all the turkeys
2: from Michigan, buddy. Excellent times. Those were the good times, weren't they? When, before everything went to hell.
0: <laughs> that was that was awesome. That was an awesome trip. <laughs> You're going to do it with us next year too, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It will go on.
0: We'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, we are doing, as we've mentioned before, all our interviews over Skype now. Um, so if there's any digital... Issues here. Well, we're just blaming Skype. Skype, smarten up. Uh, Kevin, the reason we're talking to you today, one of the reasons is you've got a newish book coming out.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a rewrite. Uh, a paler's Guide to Algonquin, one of my best sellers, actually. It's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the third edition, but actually, it's not the third edition, it's the fourth edition. Because the very first edition was in 1994, I think, was mm-hmm. called Brook Trout and Black Flies. Really, and and then what happened with that book was it was the guidebook that you see right there. Well, no, not updated, uh, but the uh, I wrote the book on Algonquin and then it went out to, to Brookshire and Blackflies. I called it that because that defines to me Algonquin Park, Brookshire right. and Blackflies. And then Boston Mills um, was the publisher at the time. They were owned by Stoddard, and then I was on a really long canoe trip over for a month. I think I was working on the critical book at the time, and. Stoddard went bankrupt. I didn't know that. And of course, Firefly purchased Boston Mills um, and all the books, or some books got tossed and some didn't. I guess I was lucky enough that they kept me as an author. But they were trying to get a hold of me. And this is the days before phone or whatever, right? So right. Um, they decided, they made the decision, okay, we need to change all the titles because a new thing came in called Google, Google search. Right. Imagine, this is how old I am, right? So <laughs> they, there's no way Brookshot Blackflies would be looked as an Algonquin book, uh, Algonquin guidebook with that title. So they changed all my titles to A Paddler's Guide to Ontario, Rivers of uh, Ontario, Quebec, uh, um, that sort of thing. They changed all those titles. I came back and went, wow, I like the old titles, like up the creek, further up the creek, uh, that sort of thing. And they're like, yeah, sorry, um, you weren't here.
0: Uh, <laughs> Executive decision.
2: So, I mean, they were right. I, and the publisher was really good at the time, the boss mills, because anybody that complained, they just got their money back for a book if they had a problem with it. Because some people would buy that book thinking it's a new book, and it wasn't. Right. Life goes on. And then so I did more editions after that. And then just, uh, oh, I guess a half a year ago, my publisher said, you know, we're going to redo, uh, do a third edition or fourth edition, whatever, of *Pallars Gargul Algonquin. Um, and this is what publishers do. I get it. It's they're they're marking, you know, it's a business for them. And so they go, you know, we have to add on all the new stuff, like the, the is there the outfitters that had changed, or is there a portal that we got wrong? So I fix all that, and they then they said, also, can we expand it? Because that's what they do. Right. Just like top 50 canoe kind of Roots book made it into top 60. So they said, uh, can you uh, add 10 more roots? And I went, absolutely. Uh, because it gave me an opportunity to add roots that I've always wanted to and have done. And also to go out paddling. I mean, that was one of the main reasons <laughs> I started writing guidebooks. Oh, look, I have to go and Got to write a book. <laughs> this is fantastic.
0: Best of both. So I did that.
2: Yeah. And so it's got 10 more new roots in it. Okay. And um, yeah, it, it is slightly delayed. It's supposed to be out now, but it 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 was uh it was supposed to be printed in Canada, but I guess they're trying to rush it so they went to get it printed in China. So oh. that's become a delay. So it was supposed to be out now. Uh, I I'm I'm I was told May 1st. Um I also was told the other day it would be out next week. I don't know, but you never know.
0: So at some point between now and Christmas, chances are yes, you'll get yes. a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got the 2004 edition. So this would be your first printing this edition, 2004.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been out for a long time. And, you know, I don't make much money off books. Everybody knows that. I make 8% of every book that's sold, right? So you do the math there. But And a bestseller in Canada is 5,000 books. But that book is always done well every single year. Uh, My worst seller is... um, uh, actually, wilderness pleasures. I've never even paid off my uh, my advance for that, um, even though it was it, the media thought it was the best book ever, and I, I enjoyed doing it. There, there was some nudity in it. Maybe that's why. Ooh, yeah. And Canada the powers got to Quetico and beyond, which I thought was one of me, going to be going be a really big seller. Was actually, I still haven't paid the world the world off that too for the advance. Sir.
0: Really? Um, yeah. I figured yeah. Quetico I, would I, be big. I worked
2: big. a lot on that book. I, I loved every minute of it, Paddling Quetico. But, yeah, I, I, I yeah, it's interesting. And then, yeah, Paddler's Guide to Algonquin. I, not to say it was an easy book to write, but I knew Algonquin really well. So And I paddled for two years. I paddled a whole pile of routes just to add them all up. I did, during that time, though, Sean, I added up all the things I found on the end of a, end of a portage. And I found that the other day because we had a lot of time on our hands. Right now. <laughs> socks, right? I, found, I, I was going through my old journals. And um, I found uh, 26, no, 27 uh, socks. Yeah. Because it, it was odd because it, was, it wasn't was pairs. I found two coolers, a tent. Um, I found three Nerf balls. Oh. Remember those footballs and yeah. Nerf footballs? Yeah. Yeah. How d- did I ever find three of those at the end of the portal?
0: <laughs> Probably people lost them in the lake and the uh, winds blew them up. That's true. Right, uh, we've we've found potatoes. We have found um, well various food items, bo- beer bottles and cans. Um, we found a, a, a beach umbrella, but yeah, oh. socks and underwear are the yeah. biggies. Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking people take their socks off to dry them on a tree before they hit the portage or something, and. Uh, Forget to put them back on? I don't know.
2: Yeah, or their canoe partner has had enough uh, of the smell. Maybe. And they said, hang them and let's run for it.
0: Yeah, could happen. (laughs) Yeah, because I've made that comment a few times. The biggest find at the end of a portage, socks. Yeah. And I've had people call me and say, hey, I found a bunch of socks. (laughs) Uh, So match them with the ones in your dryer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the ones you lose. Uh, No, I've... Um, when I first started going through Algonquin, your, your paddler's guide to Algonquin was the first book I bought. And at the time I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be great. Look at all these routes in here and the maps and, and whatnot. And I'm going through this now was when I find out you're getting your, your new book come out, the updated one. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm looking through the pictures and stuff and I'm thinking Baron Canyon lookout been there. Beach on Roseberry. That was my wife's first interior trip. Uh, Windbound on Manitou. Been there, done that. The Brent Run. Did it in 40 hours. (laughs) Uh, Crow Lake 300-year-old Pines. Seen them. You know, like I'm looking through all these things here thinking, yeah, back then when I'm looking through this thinking, I'm going to check out all these spots. It's going to take me forever. Well, I've been through all of these plus tons more. And now I'm thinking like, wow. This is this is an awesome book for somebody starting in Algonquin Park.
2: It is, and also the, the 10 routes I, I added, I really thought through what, what to add because I, I, I wanted to make it more unique, I, especially for me. I I, you know, I I didn't want to bore myself for other routes I've already done. So uh, the one that was really cool is a, a trip right across Algonquin with my daughter, so from West End to, to East End. Right. That's in the book. Uh, McCaskill Lake, uh, I've never written about that before, and I don't know if you've been to Mac- McCaskill. It's yeah. a difficult lake to get to, but it's all turquoise blue. Yep. Um, I, I Carl Wilson Lake up in the, the northeast end, really good trip. Actually, not Carl Wilson Lake is very unique. It's just surrounded by cliffs. Uh, even uh, a trip all around Obiongo, where uh, uh, Christine and, and the two dogs and I went uh, um, a couple years ago now. But, but basically, yeah, we circumnavigated Algonquin for four nights, and it was a fantastic trip. Um, uh, and even Cauliflower Lake, that, that is on the very south end, like almost like the panhandle, and it's almost like crown land because you can uh, you can take a dirt road to it. The locals use it. Um, there's there's motorboats on it, like small motorboats. Yeah. So it, it you know you're in a but it, it's a different appeal. But I like it because it's so handy to get to uh, to paddle into. The um, yeah, and uh, even Goddard Lake up by Booth Lake, the extension into Booth Lake. I put that in there. Even the Big East River. Even the Big Ooh. East River. And I told myself I never would paddle the Big East River again. But they cut those new portages from Big East into McC- uh, McCaskill. Yeah. And uh, not McCaskill, sorry, M- McCraney. McCraney. And so I basically just went from Rain Lake, paddled to the portages, went down to the Big East River, and then paddled downstream, which is a really good trip. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is a lot better than doing this silly meanest Link trip.
0: Well, you would have done it the other way, doing the meanest Link, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I told myself never to ever visit the Big East River again, but uh, when I looked at the map, I went, well, that would be a good trip if I went the other way. Yeah, faster. <laughs> the other <laughs> one I put in is the Lower Crow. This is the Crow River that en- uh, exits uh, Lake Lavier yep. uh, into the Petawa River. And there's so many ways you could do it, but all ways are very difficult, I- especially now with the algae bloom uh, in Dixon-Lavier, right? we yeah. you- going on those area- l- lakes. So I, I figured it out. I basically went um, to, uh, uh, oh, into Radiant Lake from, oh, I forget the access point. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. It's a good thing I read guidebooks. Um, anyway, I went into Radiant, up the Petawawa, then up the Crow to Lavie, and then came back the same way. And it's not an easy trip, but it's the easiest way to do that section of the river. Right. And the Lower Crow River is a mecca. Like, it, it is an absolute oasis, especially if you broke trip fish.
0: Yeah, all through that side, I've noticed there's a lot of nice fishing through there. Uh, we've we've done, um, oh, we paddled up Opiango way up through Crow, Big Crow, Little Crow, and everything up there, and just the rivers up through that side, the east side, and everything. Nice.
2: Yeah, it's a gorgeous. I mean, you look at Agonquin too. That that section of Agonquin is totally different than, than the western section. The, the yeah. west uh, is more hard hardwood, um, deciduous rolling yep. hills. And the east side is more pine, sand, rivers. So it's a totally different environment. Um, even uh, the trip um, I put in there for Obiango into Lechlemur and um, Crow Hogan. Hogan, yeah. And, yeah, yeah uh, those, I've done, I don't know how many times I've done that route, and yet I've never written about it. So
0: Time to do it then.
2: There you go. See? <laughs> so sometime
0: before Christmas, hopefully May, this book will be out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll keep it updated. We'll post on our our Facebook page and everything when when the book is out. Uh but yeah, I really enjoyed this the original. Um which I don't know if if this if 97 was the brook flies and What was that one? Brown trout and brook flies?
2: Brook trout and black flies. Black flies? I, 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 I think it's 94. I'm not sure. I should have checked that. I don't know, uh, it, it was a long time ago. It was copyright
0: 97 and then 2004. First printing of this edition, 2004.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: So it was a long time ago, anyway. Yeah. There's some pictures in here of you, Kevin, that I'm just like, ooh. It's about them gams. Yeah, gam- I had, them a, gamms I had to switch of yours. a bunch of
2: photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, especially, too, the, those photos are all slides. And I don't even yeah. really have a lot of those left. When I moved, I got rid of a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I, I had to re- redo it all, um, which was 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 refreshing.
0: Yeah. Uh, the new routes all have the same sort of maps?
2: Uh yeah, uh they re- we did all the maps. Uh, um back in the, the day I had a cartographer that I worked with at the college, uh Tim um and he did all the maps cuz back in the day you, back in the day I got to stop back saying that. Back,
0: back in the day. Back in the day. Okay, hail both ways <laughs> to school.
2: Uh <laughs> But yeah, you could not um you had to create your own maps. Uh the the Canadian government wouldn't allow you to basically trace it atop a topo map or use any other maps. Right. And um, it was fine because I was physically in, there in the area. So I actually would jot down information and then I would give it to the cartographer. And then he would actually get paid by the publisher to make those maps. Um, now it's just a designer that actually makes the maps. They, and they're really good maps. I don't even know who the person is, but they, and they're good, but it's totally different than back in the day. Right. So, back please, in the day.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> That's the new thing with back in the day. Cause I say that as well, back in the day when I oh, first yeah. started all of them years ago,
2: we're still in the day though. Yeah. Like, that's a thing you just you can't live your life back in the day.
0: Back in the day is anywhere from this morning to when I was born.
2: Back in the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's my new theory. Uh so yeah, so anybody like I say when this when this is out uh for order and everything like that we'll we'll post a on our sites and all of our social media so people can get there and and get it and like i say especially for people that are just starting into algonquin some of the, the newer trippers and stuff this is a perfect book to use that's for sure uh, it did me quite well it still uh, still does um before we leave the uh, sort of topic of algonquin is algonquin still one of your favorite paddling stops
2: it is there's days where i question that obviously i mean everybody does it's you know crowded it's, it's got long portages um, so Quetico, to be quite honest is a better place to paddle i mean that that northwestern ontario is made for the canoe right algonquin, i don't know who designed it right <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of portaging but it's the familiar i've always gone to algonquin as a kid uh, i love the lakes um i love the trout fishing i love the scenery and it's my place to go it has a lot to do with because that's where i i live close by to it right right uh and so yeah i definitely do i think clarney is one of the most scenic places in ontario lake superior as well i think Quetico again is made for paddling Wabikini, woodland caribou is just an absolute oasis as well but i spend most of my time paddling in the park yeah yeah
0: that's, that's what i find now is number one it is only three hours away as well so um if you're hitting highway 60 access points but, uh, yeah, I think I've, I still take people there and, and whatnot, as much as I like going other spots. Algonquin is a pretty popular one for, for me as well.
2: Well, the one thing to, to note about what's happening in Algonquin Park, the changes, which, which are, are good, uh, the majority of people now are, are doing the weekend warrior stuff because we're all too busy, right? Right. That's reality. So they do two nights. That's the average canoe trip. So, if, if you have five days, seven days, eight days, and get into the middle, like into Hogan, Lemure, uh, Burnt Root, and places like that, or the Nipissing River, you're not going to see a lot of people. No? And yet, you're only three hours from Toronto. So, it still has that willingness zeal to me, it does.
0: Yeah. You just got to be willing to go those few extra lakes.
2: Yeah. You got to, mm. you, you got to, you know, portage. Yeah. Uh, and I always call uh, people that, Palo and the Galconites, the because they're used to doing one carries. And I don't like doing one carries. I I, I prefer doing d- double carries. But, I mean, in Quantico, really, the average portage is 250 meters. Like, right. really? So why why am I not going there all the time? But it, it, for me to get there, that, that's that's a two-day drive.
0: Well, and that's, that's the big thing there as well is it's the time to drive there. You've killed off a couple of days you could have been paddling,
2: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, so Derek, uh, asked me to ask you a question about an article he read in a paddling magazine from 2008. Uh, there was a trip oh that you Lord. were on yeah, way back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> there was a trip you were on where you guys got to the end of the portage and remembered there was a paddle, uh, at the other end, but there was a bear on the portage. So you left it. And yeah,
2: that was coming out of Donald. Yeah. So th- th- that's an interesting story. So That was a long time ago. Um, what happened there was I'll do the short version of it. Basically we we're coming out. It was a storm was coming. Uh, my daughter was like two, maybe three years old. Uh, and then a, a bear was walking behind me, but it was like doing that predacious thing. It was sort of walking behind me, looking at me. Right. Um, and that's not a good sign. And then um, we went to leave because the storm was hitting. We had to get to camp. And then, uh, you know, once I pushed off the shore, I realized i left my spare paddle on the portage. And I went, oh, I don't want to go back for it. There's a bear and there's a storm coming. So during the time, back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day. Yeah, so at the time, uh, the only thing we had for social media to contact anybody to ask if they found my paddle is just chat forms like myccr.com, right? We didn't have anything like Twitter and Facebook, whatever. So I did that. I didn't hear anything all summer. At the end of the summer, though, I had uh, an outfitter up up there uh, that he me and he said i have your paddle i've had it all summer i went huh and he goes yeah i've been giving it out to my clients because they wanted your paddle and i went really really and so i go look i'm gonna come and get it and that's fine what you did i think that's hilarious but can you tell me where my paddle had been all summer who had it so i contacted all those people and they gave me the story of where my paddle had been Right, And I thought, that's really cool. And then I thought, this is a good idea. This is a really good idea. I'll pass the paddle on and, and create you know, a, a good, solid article about where my paddle went. So I went to kitchener Waterloo in the spring, my very first show um, presentation. Good audience. And I went to pass it on. And this woman in the front went nuts. She wanted my paddle. So I gave it to her. Never heard from her since. I have no idea where that paddle is.
0: Went the way of the dodo.
2: So, so rumor has it that she's in prison somewhere, and that and my paddle's with her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could happen.
0: Uh, so, well, hopefully, one day out of the blue, she'll just pop up and go, "Hey, remember that paddle? Yeah, it's been to all over the world."
2: Yes, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that'd be cool. That's my next book. Yeah. Where did my paddle go? My
0: paddle. My paddle's been on better trips than me. <laughs> Uh, so before we let you go, any big plans for the coming paddling season? Big trips, small trips, exciting trips?
2: I have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot of trips planned. I just don't know how that's going to happen um, yeah, right now. I I, I want to listen to our our prime minister and stay at home and uh, make sure um, that we abide by the our leader and basically be smart about all this and stay at home. I think the, I think what he's saying is really smart. Uh, and for me to go off on canoe trip right away is just is uh, being being not smart uh, and not being Canadian. So uh, um, that's the first time I actually f- f- said my feelings about that show. Ooh, wow. You do that to me, oh, to me.
0: I just bring out the best in um, you.
2: But yeah, so, but I have lots of trips. I have uh, a Clarny trip. I'm going to go across the, uh, Clarny Park um, and do that trip. I'm going to do Phillip River Island. I'm going to do Tomogamy. I'm going to do Lake Superior. Um, Andy and I are supposed to do uh, some trip in, in Quebec. Uh, he wants me to do Palo the Pecosaw. Well, I don't think that's going to happen because uh, we have to do that in early spring. Right. But uh, yeah, he's got a lot of plans too uh, about uh, certain rivers we're going to do. I am going to um, do more northern trips this year. I am going to do more more southern ones like I've done before. Uh, but yeah, I want to get up north for sure.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm planning out all my trips like nothing's happening, and just uh, just as those times come up, if if it's still everything's still on hold, then. That goes to next year, goes to next year, goes to next year sort of thing. That's that's the the outlook I'm having on it right now. And then I'll just pick yeah. up my my schedule from whenever we're, we're allowed to be out there.
2: Yeah, my, my plan is basically to wait for the go-ahead to go out there so we're keeping everybody safe and know first responder guy has to come and get me um because something happened to me out there or right. whatever um but there's always crown land right i mean there's so many we're blessed in this province of ontario or or this, this country of canada uh, i've i've gone to a lot of places like uh in the united states and in scotland and england and wales and they all have really beautiful scenic places to go to but they don't have wilderness. uh they don't have yeah. solitude they don't have solace um they, they don't they have crowds so, uh, I, I, you know, I, th- I think we're, we'll figure that out. We'll actually find a place to go. Yeah. I just don't tell you where I'm going, Sean, because I want it all to myself.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that that I'm tracker. Going
2: put it up, I'm going to make a little ball out of it and then swallow it so nobody can get
0: it. <laughs> it's the tracker we put into each one of your canoes that's going to help us find you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, thanks for coming on. Uh, really looking forward to the updated copy with the ten new roots of your book, and uh, yeah, here's to hoping that uh, this ends soon and then we can all get out on the water really quick before, you know, before the high water spring ends and the mosquitoes are because the mosquitoes, as they're saying, they're all coming out going,
2: where are y'all at? Oh, they're gonna be starving, man. Oh, <laughs>
0: this mosquito black fly season. I don't bad for them at all. Yeah, it's gonna go right into August this year. <laughs> Well, Kevin, thanks for coming on and uh, you take care and stay safe.
2: Okay, say hello to your your turkey friends.
0: I I always do. They're they're right out back. They're doing their social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family Welcome back. Uh, Yeah, so great talking to Kevin. Uh, His book, I've got the, like I say, the the Paddler's Guide to Algonquin Park, the second edition, I guess it is. And it's well, well worn out, that's for sure. Uh, We've spent many, many of uh, our trips on these routes that Kevin's talked about. So it'll be interesting to see the the 10 he's added and how many of those I've actually been on already.
1: Yeah, I actually don't have that book. I, I've never, like, I have, uh, what is it, uh, the 20 best Ontario canoe routes or something. Yeah, and 40 best or whatever. Yeah. So, and I have his, I have his Once Around Algonquin. I don't have a large collection of Kevin Callen books. Really? And I'm sure he'll be upset that I don't.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I think I've got every single, I've, I've, I've probably got doubles of every one of his books. Oh, yeah. Triples. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've even got his, his Lost Canoe Roots one.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. And some of them I look at and I realize why they've been lost. Um, <laughs> the Paddle Story. <laughs> Tad anticlimactic.
1: Yes, I know right? You're I, I, upset so about that I, too, man. When I first saw it, i i was I was just looking through old magazine today and or yesterday and and I came across the, the it's like the butt end in uh family camping and Roots from two thousand and eight. It's like, hey, that sounds interesting. We gotta talk to Kevin about that and uh and yeah, it was like. Oh really? It's
0: just That's like Al Capone's vault, man. You get there and there's nothing in it. <laughs> but that'd be cool so if it showed up again. That'd be, yeah, that'd it be would. real yeah. cool if it ju- his paddle just yeah. showed up again. Yeah. You know? I
1: know. It did it did the Amazon, it did the uh it did all these amazing rivers and
0: <laughs> it Did a Turkish prison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see. But uh, like I said to Kevin, I'm planning my year of trips like nothing's happened. You know, I've got uh, a May trip, June trip, July trip, August trip, September trips, October trip. I got all these trips already. But if May we're still not supposed to be out and and paddling, then that May trip will go to next year. Yeah. You know, and I'm hoping by June, you know, like I want to do my annual Father's Day trip. I hate to put a little... Asterisks next to that saying couldn't go out because of you know what's going on right now so
1: yeah and i'm doing the same thing like we're it's it, it, it kind of my current way of planning and everybody's current way of planning kind of fits right into my wheelhouse like i'm i'm tentatively planning an early may trip i don't know if it'll go or not but other than that like when when uh me and siobhan when we plan the family trips with the kids we kind of plan it like uh hey you know what next week let's go for a week and we go take a vacation or whatever usually it's not a week away but it'll be like two or three weeks out it's like hey you know what let's do this and we often won't even plan our route until like you know the week before mm-hmm. it's uh just and it's it'll be in algonquin probably or like uh, this year i'm hoping for uh like either tomogamy or or whatever and uh, so it's it's just going to be just a last minute let's do this let's do that right I've, I've already got some, I've, I've been getting a lot of uh, uh, route hints and route ideas from John Boblook with uh, Backcountry Custom Canoes. He's, I've been talking to him a lot lately about about routes and potential places to go. And and so we, we've got plans in the air, but we don't have no
0: dates. We're just going to say, hey, you know what? It's going to work. Let's do it. You know when you- I don't want to go? <laughs> Blackfly season? Oh, no, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> Uh, oh, that that just brings to mind another thing is uh, memes on Facebook. There's a big mosquito. Hey, where are y'all at? I know we're hungry. <laughs> uh, I do not want to be in the back country that very first weekend when the bands are lifted.
1: Oh, it's going to be. A, it's it's going to be, be like,
0: like an old Godzilla movie. Everybody fleeing the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> freedom and everybody's just going to be heading north man it's yeah. it's going to yeah. be brutal as much <laughs> and, and i'm saying as much as i'm going to want to be up there i'm probably just going to go down to the local rotary park here and head out with the kayak on uh, yes lake ontario or something like that
1: yeah but you know with that in mind with the, the just the way you just expressed it the people who are controlling these uh, access to parks and recreational things, they're going to be thinking, we have to do a staged release. We can't just let all these maniacs suddenly explode into the back countries because that's just, its well, for one, it would be dangerous and it would be just crazy to see all the traffic. And...
0: Helter-skelter. So I, being...
1: I know, right? It'll be a staged. It'll be a, like a staged release and released back into the backcountry and accessed. Back the, the,
0: the back <laughs> released back is. into the wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here we Slide. have the human beings being slowly released back into the wild. Yeah. Watch as his <laughs> eyes grow really wide at the sight of the trees and the paths and the portages.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and he
0: is set free. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Only the people with certain birthdays. If your birthday is on such such a date, you'll be allowed to go camping.
0: If your name starts with Sean or Derek Yes Yeah it'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was... I'm looking
1: forward to it. We have lots of plans, we have lots of ideas. Like we for sure we're going to camping out uh, I don't know, what is it? Simcoe? What what's the McGregor on? McGregor. Yeah, Ooh, McGregor, now. it's over by uh is
0: that North, North Simcoe or the something? Bruce. Up that way, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm thinking Sybil is that. on Simcoe.
1: It's a big body of water out west of <laughs> <laughs> it's the west coast of Ontario. The west
0: coast, yeah, of Ontario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Georgian Bay?
1: Uh no, sp- much farther south than that. So you're sort of halfway between Tobermory and Sarnia.
0: Tobermory and Sarnia? Is there another big body of water in there somewhere? You're going to make me pull up a map? No, it's the whole lake. It's the one lake, whatever the lake that is. Ontario,
1: Lake Erie. I'm 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 geographically challenged. What lake is uh, Georgian Bay on?
0: Huron.
1: There you go. Must be Huron.
0: Must be. I'm going to have to pull up a damn map. Lake Huron looks like the trapper. Georgian Bay is the pack on his back. Right? Sure. <laughs> is that? Did you not learn your, your Great Lakes by doing that?
1: I grew up in New Brunswick.
0: Lake Superior is the wolf. And is it Lake Michigan is the eggplant?
1: It's Lake Huron. So it's uh, South King Garden, north of Goderich. There we go. Soggin, Shore, Sobel Beach, Kincardin, Goderich. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, what is it? Uh, McGregor is near concord or something. Yeah. It's that big lake over there. The That's... west coast of Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we all. Lake Huron. I can't remember. Everyone's what.
1: laughing at me now. We should. We really got to edit this episode. We got to edit this whole sequence up because I don't want people to know that I'm
0: an idiot. You didn't <laughs> even know that Georgian Bay and Lake Huron was the trapper in his pack. Or that Lake I'm, I'm Superior sure. was the wolf head. Or that I'm, Lake Michigan was the eggplant. And I can't that, remember. I can't remember what. It kind of is a wolf head, isn't it?
1: State Superior does I mean, look like kind a wolf of. Head, but a, a really bad cartoon wolf head. But where is. The trapper with a backpack.
0: Michigan. I'm trying to or, uh, that. Uh, Lake Huron with yeah. Georgian Bay is that little piece that sticks out. Georgian Bay is the backpack? No. Or sorry, yes, Georgian Bay is the backpack. and um, Lake Huron looks like a dancing bear. With a backpack. <laughs> a dancing bear with a backpack. <laughs> we always learned he was the trapper with the backpack.
1: Okay, now uh, describe to me what Lake
0: Michigan looks like an eggplant. Uh, okay, sure. I'll go with Gagplant. And I can't remember what um, Ontario and Erie were supposed to be.
1: Uh, Lake Ontario looks like a whale. Lake Erie looks like a a rodent <laughs> or a slug. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. We well, really should we really should edit this so people don't think that Derek is an idiot. Too late,
0: too late. For all those tuning in for the first time tonight. This is Derek. Derek. Is an idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or people could actually be looking at googling and looking at the Great Lakes right now going, "Where is he seeing an eggplant and a trapper?"
1: we can blame the new brunswick education system yeah there we go there we go
0: (laughs) oh man uh anything else this week derek uh
1: no i'm totally thrown off now by my uh not knowing what lake that stupid thing's called but now that i know it's Huron, it's going to be etched
0: in my brain no you're gonna be be calling it lake trapper (laughs) lake trapper lake dancing bear lake dancing bear you know next to lake To 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 backpack bay. (laughs) Eggplant Lake.
1: I'm sure there's some topic I was supposed to be talking about during this
0: segment, but I've totally lost it. Now now. you just totally lost it. We'll save it for next week. (laughs) Exactly. I feel bad now that people are thinking I'm an idiot. Too late, buddy. <laughs> Too late. If you think Derek's an idiot, send him an email at Derek at <laughs> No, please don't. <laughs> and all previous arguments started this evening by Sean. Please send comments to Derek at... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Your emails are about to be flooded. Uh, anyway, if that's all you got, that's all I got. Yes, that's Uh, all I got. Yeah, that's all you got, man. Uh, If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and... Download or stream all our episodes. They're all up there from number one straight to this is episode 217. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends, family, neighbors, and anybody that you know. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, We'll try to see if we can get John on here and do some more um, audio testing and hopefully foreign it'll correspondent be correspondent stuff. Yeah, foreign correspondent stuff next week. So, so yeah. So thanks everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. and I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.